It was last Wednesday when I met someone who is part of this community of faith, and we met at Max and Irma's. And how many know what happens on Wednesdays at Max and Irma's? Yeah, free cookie Wednesday. Oh, uh, yeah. Fresh, fresh cookies. Uh, oatmeal raisin and macadamia and chocolate chip that just ooze. It, and so I met with this guy who is a nutritionist kind of guy. He's a, he's a, a kind of a health nut, and he's a, he's a trainer. And so he ordered, and then I said, well, yeah, I have to order something healthy too. So I ordered something healthy, and we both had healthy food. And then it came up after, and, and the server said, so now we, you get the free cookie, and what do you want? And I said, well, you know, just give me one macadamia. Just give me just a chocolate chip. I don't want anything with raisins in it, so just, just do that and, and, and put it in a bag because I'll take it back to the office and give it to people in the office. <laughs> and he said, you know, I'll do the same, but just give, the, give, give mine to him too. He can take that. And I know what he's doing. He's just trying not to be tempted. So... So I grabbed both bags, and, and, and during this whole time, I got just, just, just this wonderful spirit of healthiness that has come over me. And I'm just feeling pretty healthy. I really ate really good, and then just, you know, I'm strong, and, and I get in my car, and somewhere between Max and Irma's and the office, the spirit of healthiness began to wane. And I thought, you know, just a half a cookie's not going to hurt anything, because I'm going to work out, and I'll, I'll work off those calories. And so... So I reached in the bag, and, and, and I pulled out half the cookie. I broke it off, and, and, and I began to eat the cookie, but somewhere in there, it went from me eating the cookie to the cookie attacking me. <laughs> and it came after me, and, and if you ever had one of the cookies, it was all over my fingers and down my, and, and just, and, and then I realized when I get back to the office and give this bag, it's going to have half a cookie in it and another cookie, and I thought, well, then they're going to know I had some, so I better eat the other half. You know, God gives us wisdom when we need it, and I figured that was, that was the deal. So I reached in to grab the other one, and somehow the half cookie attached to the other full cookie, and they had meshed together. Now, I want to pause here and give you a principle of temptation. Temptation, one temptation never comes by itself. It always attaches to another one. So I'm thinking, oh, there's a half a cookie in there. It's attached to the other one. I don't want them to see the half. So it must be my destiny to eat the whole thing. So I finished it. I got there. I, I wadded up the bag, but I had the other bag. So I walked in, and I thought, I knew it. They're going to think that, that he's, there's the bag that he had. There's the cookies. So I walked into one of the girls, and I, I handed her the cookies, and, and she took it. And I know what she's thinking. She's thinking, what willpower he's got. He didn't eat these cookies. You say, well, what happened to this spirit of health. Well, it meant temptation. It met it head on, and it lost. We've been talking about temptation, and I want to define it again for you in a different way. A temptation is the opportunity to act on an impulse that God has declared as deadly. That word temptation, as I talked to you a couple weeks ago, come, it actually has a root word that means to pierce. It means to, to go beyond the facade, the surface, and actually let you see further. It is, remember, we talked about the Adele song, Hello from the Other Side. There it is. And, and what you find there is the deadly stuff that is still there. So what do you do with that? 
Because it's, it's deadly. And, 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 and what, what Paul is going to describe to here in just a moment is that it's deadly because it is against, it is, it is hostile to anything that represents the beauty or the love of God. It will destroy. This deadly stuff will do that. And so Paul the Apostle says, I, I want to warn you, and here's what he says, Romans the 8th chapter, to the church at Rome, he said, those who are dominated by the sinful nature, the, the, the deadly stuff inside of you, Think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, think about the things that please the Spirit. So letting the Spirit control your mind leads to what? Life and peace. How many people in here want life and peace? Some of you. Some of you still want cookies. Life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile, always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never, ever please God. But you, you that are followers of Jesus, are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. So when it tells you you've got to do this, you don't have to. For if you live by its dictates, what will happen? You will die. But if through the power of the Spirit... You put to death the deeds of your sinful nature. You will what? You'll live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So let me just get right down to it and, and hit you hard with it. Here's what Paul just said. Let the Holy Spirit control our minds or what? We die. So you put your faith in Jesus. You said, I, I really believe that Jesus was real and that he died and he rose again and we sing about it today and, we, and you put your faith in him for the forgiveness of your sins and that he's going to put you in relationship with God and has done that, a relationship that lasts forever and ever and ever. And that's a really great thing. And along with that, he also said, I'm giving you the very spirit that is mine, the Holy Spirit who comes into you and here's what the Holy Spirit is there to do. The Holy Spirit is there to test your faith. You say, what? My faith's fine. No, no, no. Faith that is not tested can't be trusted. And so the Holy Spirit then allows us to go through tests. And tests are when the Holy Spirit says to evil around us, go ahead and tempt that person. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. So go back and check out the podcast for the last two weeks. So now we are tested, it probes, it, it, it penetrates, it goes in, it pierces, and we see this deadly stuff, and at that moment, we've got to decide who controls our mind. Does the deadly stuff control our mind, or does the Holy Spirit control our mind? Because if the Holy Spirit controls our mind, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us is, I'm going to teach you how to kill this stuff. That is why Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and said, no temptation has seized you except what is common to man, and God is What? He's faithful. He's not, he's not going to let you go beyond something that you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. Here's how you kill the deadly stuff that wants to destroy the beauty and the love of God that's in you. Jesus understands this because Jesus was tested. Jesus was, te was, was tempted. You say, yeah, 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 it was that, that thing in the desert where he, he was there for fasting 40 days, and, and that, was, that, was the big, that was the big temptation. No, no, no. 
That was a big temptation. It wasn't the biggest one. It wasn't the 40 days in the desert. It was the one hour in the garden. That was the most intense because it was at that moment, just before Jesus was going to be arrested and then falsely accused and then executed, that Jesus is in the garden with his disciples and he says to them, I need for you to pray with me because I'm going through this deal and I need you to pray with me. Did you get it? I need you to pray with me. Jesus goes away from them and he begins to pray and it starts out this way. Father, if there be any way this cup could pass, can, can we do that? And that cup means what I'm about to go through. And that cup means that all of the horrific sins ever, ever, ever had been done and would be done, that sewage of life would be poured upon him and he would be called guilty for them and he would die as a result of them. This one who had never had sin in his life now is going to be polluted by this stuff. He says, is there any way we can do this without me having to go through this? And he knows the answer already, but the temptation is there. Can we find another way? Can I, can I not do this thing, God? Is there another way that I can go? And in that somewhere he understands God saying, no, this is my will. This is what's got to happen. And he says, okay, not my will, but yours. The second thing, thing he says then is not if there's any way. He says, because there is no way, not my will, but yours. And there, thirdly, because there is no way, not my will, but yours. Now, halfway through, he goes back because, listen, this is so intense. This, this temptation is so intense. You ever, ever had a really intense temptation? And you're just battling and saying, I don't want to. Yeah, I got to go. The cookie's there. I got to eat the cookie. Can't eat the cookie. Have you, have you ever had it so intense that you sweat drops of blood? He did. It was so intense, he was sweating drops of blood. And he needed these guys to pray with him that he would have the power to do exactly what he needed to do. And so halfway through, he goes and finds them, and here's what, he's, here's what happens. Then he returned to his disciples, and he found them doing what? Sleeping. If the person next to you is sleeping, just nudge them and tell them to stand up and pray. Go ahead. He found them sleeping. He said, could you men not keep watch with me for one hour? He asked Peter. Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation, for the Spirit is willing but the body is weak. Our spirit wants the good stuff, but our body has this deadly stuff who says, hey, pay attention here. Here's what we want to do. So how do we let the Holy Spirit control our minds? And, and Jesus says, here, here's the crux of it. Here's the, here's the foundation of the whole thing. You want to deal with temptation at its base? Here's what you do. You escape the temptation by stalking God. You got to stalk God. So I want, Pam and I are, are very proud grandparents, and she carries pictures with her, so just ask her. She'll show them all the pictures, but I'm very proud, too. I don't get as obnoxious with it as she does, but, but I also have a larger platform, so here's a picture of my grandchild, our grandchild. That's Xander. And, and if you ever want people to just go, ah, oh, just put a really cute kid with a puppy, and you've got it. So that's Xander. And so when we go to see Xander, he stalks us. Wherever we go, he follows us, and he wants, us, he wants to be involved in what we're doing. So he said, poppy, 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 grammy, 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 poppy, grammy. And then if he doesn't like what we're doing, he pulls us to what he's doing. And it's nonstop. And when you're age 61, you want it to stop. 
but it just keeps poppy, 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 poppy. Christy said that a couple months ago, he awakened at three in the morning and he was ready to socialize. And so he started yelling in his crib, standing up, yelling, Mom, 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 Mom. And Christy said, I couldn't give in. And then he stopped. She goes, Oh, good. And then he heard, Dad, 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 Dad. So finally he stopped. Then it was, Poppy, 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 Poppy. Grammy, 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 Grammy. Uma, 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 Uma. Christy said he went through every name he knew to hope that somebody would hear him. He stalked everybody that night. There is this, 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 this desire inside of us that wants somebody. Now, your spirit, the part of you that recognizes that which is divine, will tell you that what you want is God. Your body which can be controlled by the, the deadly stuff, is telling you that what you want is the deadly stuff. And you've got to decide which you're going to call for. And Jesus said, if you want to kill the stuff that is killing you, you want to declare war on it. He said, what you've got to do is you've got to pray a lot. You've got to stalk God. That's why Paul, reading the, writing to the church in Colossae, said, devote yourselves to prayer. Devote. Devote. Devote's an intense word. Devote comes from two words, and it means to go toward. So if I'm devoting myself to Pam, I'm going toward Pam. I'm going toward Pam, 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 Pam. Hi, Pam, 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 Pam. <laughs> I'm going towards Pam. And the other word is endurance. You don't stop stalking. You say, that's creepy. Well, listen to Jesus. He said, let me tell you this story. This guy's in bed, and his family's asleep, and in that first century, there's like a one room, and they, everything happened in the one room. And so at night, the kids would all lay out on the floor, and the parents would be where they're going to be, and then everybody's asleep for the night. Well, there's this guy who gets visitors at midnight, and hospitality in the first century says that when you have a visitor, you have to take them in, and you have to feed them. He has no bread. He goes next door to his neighbor, and he starts pounding on the door, and the guy says, go away. He keeps pounding on the door. He says, go away. He said, I've got somebody to come visit. I know you've got bread. I've got to have bread. He said, we're already asleep. We're already in bed. The kids are there. For me to, to disturb all of them and get up and move them around so I can get to the bread, can't do that. And he keeps pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding and pounding till the guy finally gets up and gives him the bread. And Jesus said, do that with God. Stalk him. Go after him. Go toward him with endurance. Do not give up. You continue to call out to him. You continue to pray. Why? Somebody have a, a smartphone? I know, you're, I know some of you are texting already. Okay, here we go. <laughs> smartphone. Prayer is not like a smartphone. Because as long as this phone is off... Chloe is storing up energy in this phone. The moment she begins to talk to Luke and text him about the wedding, the phone begins to drain. Prayer is the opposite. When you pray, you continue to actually store up and build 
godly energy. And the moment you stop praying, it starts to drain. Now, the, the purpose that you need, the reason you need this is that prayer is how we engage in warfare against our temptations. So if I'm only praying at lunch and dinner and maybe on the way to work, yeah, I got a lot of draining going on there. And if the way to fight my temptation is to build up power, then it has to come through prayer. I like how John Piper says it. He says, one of the reasons we feel so weak in our prayer lives is that we have tried to, to make a domestic intercom out of a wartime walkie-talkie. Prayer is not designed as an intercom between us and God to serve the domestic comforts of the saints. Do you get that? He is not your Santa Claus. It is designed as a walkie-talkie for spiritual battles. It's the link between active soldiers and their command headquarters with its unlimited firepower and air cover and strategic wisdom. Prayer is your connection to your power. And if we want to be strong, we've got to leave the on button on. That is why not only did Paul say, devote yourself to prayer, to the church in Thessalonica, he said, pray without ceasing because you need that power always to fight the stuff that's trying to kill you. So how do you do that? I'm going to get really practical with you, and forgive me if it's too simple, because, because Jesus makes things simple. Set an appointment with God to begin the day. Seriously. So here's what I do. Just generally what I do. So when I awaken in the morning, and sometimes it's early in the morning, and I'm just still, in, still laying in bed, I begin to pray, and I begin to picture the one I'm praying to. I begin to picture the power of God. Because I want to start there with his power. Adam was talking about that during the prayer time today. I want to see his power. And the way that I do that is I use scripture. Because scripture is truth. And I'll get to that in just a moment. Because you can't really pray without scripture. Otherwise, it's just your opinion. And so I begin by, and, and Pam and I have been focused, and I've told you this time and time again, God has just brought us to Psalm 91. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High, will, the Most High, the Most High, not, not the secondary in, in highness, it's the Most High, your highness, there it is. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty, and I will save the Lord. Oh, hey, you're my refuge, my fortress. You're the God. I, I'm going with you. You're the God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare, from the trap, and from the deadly pestilence, the stuff that you can't see. He's going to take care of that, and you're, he's going to put you under his feathers. Under his wings, you will find refuge. So I first establish his position in my prayer. This is who you are. And here's what the scripture says. This is you. There's, there's no power greater than you. Then I establish my position in him. And this is who I am in you. This is who I used to be, but this is who I am now. I am in you. And this is what your scripture says, I am in you. And now I'm coming into you as my fortress and my refuge. You're going to protect me all through this day. And then not only do I bring myself in, I bring my wife with me. I like her. She's coming with me. And then I bring my kids in and, and my grandkids. And then I bring my staff in with me and say, God, here's, here's, here's this person and this person. And I'm bringing them in. And I know what they're dealing with right now. And I bring them in this fortress right here. 
For surely you will save them from the fowler's snare and the deadly pestilence. The deadly stuff that is obvious and the deadly stuff that is hidden, you're going to take care of us in both. Hoping that in following Jesus long enough, I'll become holy is ludicrous. Old age does not kill sin. It doesn't. If we make peace with our sin and say, well, okay, I'll just let this stuff stay with me and hope that time's going to kill it, what is actually happening is that that stuff that we haven't killed is digging in deeper roots that will make it more difficult to uproot. That stuff that you just let happen in you and you're not dealing with right now, oh, it's, it's not passive. It's digging down deeper in you. So when we pray, it increases the presence of the Almighty in that situation. And everything I've read in Scripture says that when the Almighty shows up, evil backs off. So as I fill my life with Him, the evil starts to back away. You say, well, you know, that's just the way I am. It's just, no, 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 it's not just the way you are. It's what you've conceded to become. So what we've got to do is we've got to stand there and say, no, no more. I declare war on this thing. I declare war on my eating disorder. I declare war on my fear. I declare war on my porn addiction. I declare war on my temper. I declare war on all my fears. I declare war because overcoming temptation cannot be passive. We are actively involved in it. So sin is going to constantly try to, to express itself in impure impulses. It's, it's like a weed. And the weed keeps growing its roots down deep, and its shoots come up, and the little flowers show up. And when the flower of temptation shows up, and it penetrates, and, and, and it shows up, and it comes through the soil of your life, and you see it, you've got a choice to make. Hey, I'm going to do that, or say, no, 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 wait, I don't want that. And so you cry out to God. You call on God and say, here's what I'd like you to do. I want you to go down deep wherever that thing is, and I want you to root it out. I want you to drain its life. So what happens is I focus on Jesus while he focuses on the root. See, I don't focus on the root. I don't, I don't keep going, oh, okay, I've got a porn addiction, 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 and you're visualizing porn addiction, porn addiction, porn addiction. No, you focus on Jesus. He focuses on the root, and then he brings you to the place. He says, okay, now here's the root. Now confess it to me because we've got to get rid of it. This is the root of your issue. The root of an issue isn't that you're awake at night and therefore you see porn. The root of the issue is you want to see it. Now you've got to dig it out by the Holy Spirit. He's going to take care of it which means not only do you confess it, then there's this thing called repentance, and repentance has with it a change of image. So what happens is that, that in fact, no, how many, in the 1970s, how many remember the song, it's just my imagination running away with me? You know who sang that? Temptations. <laughs> they sang it. So Pastor Don reminded us last week, it starts with a thought, and then it goes to the image, the imagination. And that imagination then drives the passion, and the passion comes against your, your willpower, and whenever imagination has built enough passion, your willpower cannot stand it. It will steamroller it and lead it to sin, and sin leads to death. 
So you've got to catch this in the beginning. You've got to stop the image. So instead, in your head thinking, okay, you know, it's the middle of the week, and, you know, I hook up with people on the weekend, and I have sex with them, and it's just, you know, I, I can't fight it. It's just I'm lonely. Okay, change the image. Say, Jesus, there's a root in there of loneliness or whatever it is, and so I'm going to ask you to go in there and deal with that, and I'm going to change the image for the weekend instead of I can't, I can't hook up, I can't hook up, I can't. No, no, no. Change your image. The image should be something that either Jesus did or who Jesus is, and you start changing the image. So maybe instead of thinking about that, you start thinking about Jesus who died on the cross for you. Start thinking about this one who let go of all his rights as God, put on flesh, didn't have to do it, but loves you enough that he gave his life and see him on the cross, see him beaten, see him saying, Father, why have you forsaken me? See him saying, it is finished. See what he's done for you and understand how deep his love goes for you. That's why Paul said, I'm praying that you understand the height and the breadth and the depth and the, and, and the length of God's love. See that. Because what will happen then is that you will begin to give him thanks. You'll begin to praise him. You need to make it a Jesus image so powerful that the other image cannot survive. It's wiped out. How do you do that? Well, escaping temptation means praying God's words. And I, and I cannot emphasize this enough. Praying the words of God overcomes two primary activities of Satan, the two things that he does, accusation and temptation. That's what he does to us. He accuses us for the sins we have done and tempts us for the sins we have yet to do. That's what he's doing. So how do we overcome that? John writing in the book of Revelation, what he saw in heaven, says this. Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God. Here it is. Wait, just stop there. Now comes your salvation, and the power you need, the kingdom of God. Come your kingdom, be done your will on earth as it is in heaven. And the authority, here's the authority of Christ for you. Because the accuser, Satan, the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, he's before God accusing you day and night. Look at Don Fisher. Look at the stuff Don Fisher did. Look at that stuff. Isn't that detestable who he is? who accuses them before our God day and night, has been what? Hurled down. How did that happen? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So Satan is before God saying, hey, Reisner is this way. And God goes, yeah, I know. I see it. But I say, Father, I'm stalking you because you gave me the right to do that through Jesus' name. So I'm here to stalk you. And I'm here to declare to you these words because these are your words. That if we walk in the light as you are in the light, we have fellowship, God, you and me, one with the other. And the blood of Jesus continues to cleanse me from every sin. It is a, it is a, a verb that means continue. And God says, oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Like he didn't know. Yeah. Jack has been cleansed by the blood of the lamb and therefore... It continues to cleanse him, so there's no guilt. 
And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his son. He who has the son has life, and he who does not have the son of God does not have life. And so this death sentence Satan you're calling for is no longer valid. To as many as received him, to those who call upon his name, to those who believe on his name, he gives the right to be called children of God. And so Satan is saying, he's not your child, and he's, and he's a sinner, and he deserves death, and God said true before, but now here's the truth. That when I pray that truth, Scripture said that Satan's accusations and himself were hurled down. So that I can stand before God powerful, you see, when we believe the accusations that Satan has brought against us, okay, you know, I'm just a horrible person and I hurt these people and I did this crime and, I, and so I can never be used. Satan's got you right where he wants you because he's accusing you. And what you've got to do is go to the Father and stalk him and say, hey, wait a minute, here's what your scripture says. And God says, you're absolutely right. And then you stand there and go, therefore, I'm as powerful as Billy Graham. I'm here. Because the scripture is living and active and it is a vital link to Christ in heaven who is our infallible Always gracious attorney. John wrote and he said, look, if you, I'm writing these things so that you don't sin, but if you do sin, you have an advocate with the Father. You have an attorney on your behalf. So we stand there saying, no, no, longer accused. Satan's going to try to accuse you. You can't accuse me. And now I have the power to overcome. And so John writes these words. I write to you, young men, because you are strong. And the What? The word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Our strength to overcome the evil one comes by the word of God living in us, not sitting on our coffee table, not on my desk collecting dust, not in the pew that you grab on a Sunday morning or it's on the screen. It's what's living in you, because temptation comes in every shape and color, I'm telling you. And it's not just a sex addiction, and it's not just your anger, and it's not just you cannot steal, but it's also this. Here's one of the great temptations. Yeah, I prayed that God would heal, and he didn't. Where is he? I prayed that I'd get that new job, and, and I'm, still, I'm still hanging here with bills. Where, where is he? I prayed that God would put our marriage back together again. Where is he? I'm praying that, that, that I would get a husband. Where, where is God? I was praying that Trump would lose South Carolina. Where is God? <laughs> Temptation is, is, is a word that means, that it's actually translated for both testing and temptation. And all temptation tests our faith. And all testing of our faith is a temptation to forsake the faith. So when John writes, you are strong and the word of God abides in you and you have overcome the evil one, it includes the fact that you have overcome the temptations to live in sin, but you've also passed the test that might have destroyed your faith. And he says with that, you're standing on his neck. So this week, this title of this message is that the spirit is willing. Next week, the message is, but the flesh is weak. So next week, next week, Adam Frano is going to preach, and he's going to tell you what it's like to keep your faith when your body has stage four cancer and it's weak. 
John Piper reminds us that Satan tempts and tests in only one, one way. He lies. That's what he does. He lies. And all his lies boil down to two types of lies. In every test, the lie is this. God is bad. And in every temptation, the lie is this. Sin is better. God is bad. Sin is better. How do we fight that? John writes, to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here's the deal. You want to know when God speaks to us? God speaks to us when we, and the word I'm going to use here is, is, is a $10 word, it's exegete. When we go into the scriptures and we begin to really understand the depths of what they mean, we dig down deep, which is more than you sitting here this morning. I try to get as deep as I can for you, but we got a broad amount of people in here who need to understand what I'm saying. And so you say, well, I want it deeper. Then, then dig. My goodness, if you're asking for something deeper, what am I, your mama? <laughs> dig. Because it says when you dig in the scriptures, that is when you begin to hear God speak to you. And when God speaks to you, the Holy Spirit then begins to lead us in our praying and we speak out the words of God that we now understand and the images they represent and say this is what the word of God says. And here's what happens. When I do that, when I pray that, and I'm, and I'm allowing the Holy Spirit to guide me in that by saying, I, I want you to go down deep and I want you to kill this, 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 the, the root of this thing, the Holy Spirit says, okay, now, now I can do this because now you've given me the word of God in its depth and in its understanding. You've given that to me and now I have my sword because the scripture is called the sword of the spirit and then he goes to the root of this thing and he cuts it out. But until I give him the sword, it stays put. Which means if we're not digging deep in his word and then praying those words, we are going nowhere fast. That is why, and I love this paraphrase of Galatians 3, 5, says the spirit is supplied to us for the miraculously mighty killing of sin, not by works of the law, not by what I can do, but by hearing with faith, hearing the word of God and saying, ooh, I believe that. Now, here's what happens. Shrek, come on up here. I, I asked Shrek to help me with this this morning, and, and it's not a very comfortable position I'm going to put him in, but he's a good man. So when John said, I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one, because the word of God abides in you, it's a great image. Overcome the evil one is from that first century, and it could either be the gladiators that are fighting to the death or those who are wrestling in the Olympics. So he said, you've got this one who's more powerful than you coming after you, and you're going to wrestle. Now what you do, because he's going to be stronger and quicker, and Shrek would be that for me. So I, I can't come after him because the boy's going to put me down quick. So what I've got to do is I've got to begin to pray. You know, I'm more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. And, and I begin to pray the Scripture he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll say to the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And He'll save me from you, dude. And I begin to declare those scriptures while the fight is on. I begin to pray those scriptures with an understanding of what they mean. You just can't take a promise box and start pulling out promises and not understand what they mean. You've got to dig down deep. 
Because we, we mishandle the scriptures. You can't just say, if I lift Jesus higher, then the whole world will come to him. Hey, that's not even the context. The context is that Jesus already was lifted higher, so start using the power of the cross. Do we know that stuff? And you're not just going to get it in a primer course on Sunday morning. You, you've got to go someplace and you've got to dig down deep. So here's the image. Can I get you to lay down? I'm not going to throw you there. It wouldn't be embarrassing for you. <laughs> so here's the image. <laughs> okay, when I do this, look like you're in pain, all right? Okay. <laughs> it actually means that you have wrestled down the enemy, you have overcome him to the degree, and this is the literal wording, that you are now standing on his neck. There you go. Someone bring the chalk. We're going to just outline here. Thanks. Get on. Thank you. So here's the deal. It's the same image that was in the garden. When God said, okay, Adam and Eve, this was going to happen because you gave in to temptation, but the time is coming that I'm sending one, and, you're going to, and Satan, you're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. It's the same authority given to us that as we begin to pray out those scriptures and as we keep energizing ourselves, praying without ceasing, and we understand the scriptures and we begin to declare them, when the temptation comes, you'll be able to wrestle that thing down and by the power of the Holy Spirit, you will be able to put your foot on his neck and it is a continuous tense of holding it there. That you are killing the things that have been trying to kill you. Now, I know that it's a whole lot easier to tweet than pray. And I know it's a whole lot easier to listen to a podcast and actually dig for yourself. Do not cheat yourself. Your power is found in what I've just told you. And if you don't know the scriptures, how do you even know that I just told you the truth? So do this. Because if we're going to change, then there's got to be a change of action. So do this. Daily, spend at least 15 minutes of reading the Scriptures systematically if you're just starting. Systematically. Don't, don't do this. Okay, I just opened the Bible and put my finger there. Oh, seriously? Try cooking that way. You've got to know the context. You've got to know what's going on. You say, oh, what Bible do you use? I use the English Standard Version for my study time and for my reading, and it's a study Bible, and you can even get it online, and it's got great stuff. But, but start a systematic. You say, I don't have a systematic. Because Pastor John said he reads a proverb a, a, a day. That's part of his systematics reading. At least, and 15 minutes is not much. Some of you take your, well, never mind. I won't even get into that. But just, just 15 minutes. And start to read, and if you need help with that, just what you can do is actually just go get, get on your phone, uversion.com. It'll, it'll give you a reading guide. Go to biblegate.com. There's a bunch of stuff. And then, and here's going to be the tough part for you. Weekly, spend an hour studying the scriptures and an hour discussing the scriptures. An hour? Oh, yeah. Because if this is the stuff that you're going to pray that's going to help you become a powerful father or a wonderful, a strong mother or, or a great worker or a great CEO or whatever's going to make you, then you've got to dig down deep. Man, you can, you can DVR that dumb program and do it later or just don't do it. But dig down deep. We, we've, and we can help you. We've got, we, and, and, and preferably, 
you, you study it and, 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 and you dig down and you can go on, you can go, you can Google and find books that will help you study. And, and I would even prefer that you get with others because when the scriptures came, when the scriptures came to the people in Colossae and Thessalonica and those places, somebody didn't take it home and go, oh, that's really good, I'll pass it to the next person. They got together and said, here's what it said, let's talk about it and how do we apply it? So get someplace where you talk with people about it. An hour a week, just talk about it. Say, this is how it applies. And hopefully some of those people are teachers. We've got people who are teaching, who are wonderful teachers, and yet you stay away by the thousands. What's the problem? God said, I'm giving you teachers to help you understand the word so that you can pray and become powerful. Where are you? Well, you know, we had soccer, and then we, we had coffee. Well, how's your coffee helping you get over your temptation? Maybe coffee is your temptation. You say, well, that's like two hours out of my week. Well, do you want to keep struggling or you want to win? So how do you win? How do you overcome the evil one and have your foot on his neck? You do it the same way Jesus did it. You do it the same way Jesus did it, by stalking God and declaring the scriptures. Jesus did that in his most intense temptation and test and he saved the world. So would you stand? I'm gonna ask you for a response this morning. It is an intention on your part, but then you need to follow through. I'm gonna ask you this morning, are you gonna stalk God? And are you gonna know his word? Are you gonna dig down deep? In just a moment, I'm going to ask you to say yes. And you say, and, and I'm going to tell you, you, you say, well, I didn't say no, but if you don't say yes, you're still saying no. And you may have to think about it. You may have to say, well, I'm not even sure I put my faith in Jesus yet. I understand that. But you that are followers of Jesus, when I look at the world and where it's headed, we better be powerful. The scripture says that even in the end, he shortened it because even the elect would be deceived. I don't, I don't want to be the one that gets deceived. And so in a moment, I'm going to ask you to say yes because you're either going to say, yes, I'm going to stalk you, Jesus. I'm going to stalk you, God. Or you are saying, otherwise, I'm going to let this deadly stuff stalk me. And you got to choose. While you're thinking about that for a moment, I'm going to ask our elders and their spouses and uh, our council members to come and just stand here and face you because, because prayer is important. I've talked about it. So come on. And, and in just a moment, when I, when I dismiss you, if you'd like to have prayer over this issue or in, even if you need healing in your body, we want to pray. So please come. Um, we want to have opportunity to pray with you. Whatever, even if you're battling something, say, yeah, pray with me that I can, I can get through this battle. And, and they'll even pray with you scriptures that, that you need to have spoken over you and that you can hang on to that. You may just say, what are some scriptures dealing with this issue? And, and, and they'll pray over you those scriptures to help them find those for you. But we want you to be strong and powerful. And we want you to be able to put your foot on the neck of the evil that wants to destroy you. So if it is your desire this morning your intent to say, yes, I'm going, I'm going, to, I'm going to stalk God. I'm going, to, I'm going to understand his words. I'm going to declare those and live by those. Would you just say yes? Yes, yes absolutely. So now, may this morning, may you
by this very declaration of yes, find that your desire to be with God increases. May everything else other than his word and your communication with him weaken in desire. May it mean less and less to you. And may you grow in power as you pray. May you grow in desire to understand his love and be in awe of him. May you grow in your worship of him. And may you find that at the moment that you need the power, it is there to pray on your behalf, on the behalf of others. And may we see the release of the miraculous. May you become all that God has designed for you to be. May you find that in your weakness, his strength is made perfect. We give you thanks, Father, for this. In Jesus' name, amen. And so now we invite you, and as you that are in the front, if you could just not make too much of a noise as you're heading back out so those who are being prayed for will be able to be, uh, be, able to do that. They can hear. We'll have some music playing. But you come if you want to be prayed for. God bless you. Have a great week.